Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Well, Sid, we're, uh, we're taking on a, a serious, serious issue today. Um, today's topic is uh, an, an issue, a, a, a disease that plagues almost all women. Uh, it's something that they have to, to struggle with, um, uh, a disease that they ha- are are I, I gosh I, I i i hate to use the word cursed but i f- feel like that's appropriate um and i'm hopeful that through today's episode uh on uh menstruation we can all get together whoa, whoa, and whoa, finally whoa, whoa. find a cure so wait how about it wait, science 2014 whoa. okay hold where's on. the cure so you know what we're talking about today. Menstruation, the disease of menstruation. Wait, no, 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 no. Yes, I mean, yes, we're going to talk disorder. about menstruation, but you you know it's not a disease, right? I mean, it's not a disease. I don't understand why we're, our scientists are letting our women bleed once a month as if if I get injured and I start bleeding, I go to the doctor. But somehow at some point, uh, the men in this country of science and and industry just decided. Well, that's just normal. I guess well, women just bleed. Okay, no. Okay, nice first try, of all, guys. First of all, this is ridiculous. First of all, it's not an illness. It's normal and it's natural and it's just part of being a woman. It's normal. Secondly, uh, men definitely have tried to stop it and fix it and hide it and have definitely been made uncomfortable by menstruation for a long time. So yeah, I don't think they're trying to cure it so much as pretend it's not happening. Okay, that's, um, well that's okay. But it's not an illness. Who told you it was an illness? Do you I, even know what it is? I have a vague understanding. If someone were to not know, let's say, be completely in the dark on the topic. It's just not not somebody who's sitting next to me no, necessarily. somebody on po- in podcast. Didn't they teach you this in fifth grade? Uh, I actually was in the boys class. I know, but in the the girls' class, they taught us about boys. Oh well, okay. This is an uneven deal. Then this <laughs> explains everything. If you guys were getting a a, a guy's segment, uh, and th- then then that actually explains a lot. So you didn't get a girl segment. Uh, not not to my memory, no. I'll, I'll give you a brief. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'll give you a brief overview of what a period is. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Uh, if you if you want a better reference than what I'm about to give you, may I suggest a Disney film? Uh, Bambi? I certainly hope they don't cover this in Bambi. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but 
if this is in it, that was a very different movie than I'm remembering. Uh, no, it was called The Story of Menstruation. They used to show it to school kids between 1945 and 1951. Um, and interestingly, it was the first screenplay to use the word vagina. I I have not seen that particular Disney film. I'm I'm thinking it must be buried in the vault back with Song of the South. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when. When does that one come out of the vault? Yeah, when were you, when were we? Bring, when is that one coming back on Blu-ray? When's that Blu-ray? Let it out of the vault. Interestingly, in it, the blood is white. Wow, really? Yeah, the the blood was. They thought it would be too upsetting if it looked like blood. So anything that is that's you know, good. That's not gonna <laughs> that's not gonna scare our our, our teen girls. Who I know. Do get their young... periods and it's blood. What? <laughs> Disney said it was white. I'm sick. Okay, so if you don't have time to run out and purchase a copy of uh, the Minstrel Story I by Disney, um, I have a podcast. In, in short, since Justin doesn't know, come on now. Uh, your period um, is something that only happens to women, obviously, because Justin doesn't know about it. Although to be fair, you might not even if it did. Fair to you. That is fair. And it's because uh, once a month, a woman uh, ovulates or releases an egg from her ovary, and it goes down into her uterus, where it uh, actually on the way in the tube could be fertilized to become a baby. Okay. That's where babies come from. That's all perfectly sound and reasonable. Except that uh, if you, if it isn't, then instead you, you know, get rid of everything that's inside your uterus. So you shed the lining, the endometrium, and you get rid of the egg that was unfertilized. And uh, all of this comes out as a period or a period, a, a time period, that's where the word comes from, a period of time where you bleed. Okay. So it happens about once a month for most women. Uh, it lasts five to seven days usually. Um, you usually lose about a cup or less of blood, so it's not a very heavy, although it can seem that way. It's usually not much heavier than that. And it can be accompanied by things like cramping and uh, fatigue, and uh, some women can feel sad or, or moody or tired or angry. How long have we been calling it a period? Is That, is, that seems like something polite society would, would create, a euphemism from polite society. Period period came around like in 1822, I think was the first time it was actually used in a text. And it was just helpful because they kind of like I was using it. It is a, a period of time. So menstrual cycles historically were a great way of kind of figuring out uh, spans of time. They actually there's some evidence that they were probably used prehistorically to kind of follow the lunar calendar or to to like an early form of math because it was the only thing that you could reliably wow you know you didn't have watches or clocks you didn't have the sense of time but you knew that there was some interval between this occurrence in a woman's life that for most women was somewhat regular so a period of time it became known as a period it was actually uh pregnancy was met with a lot of chagrin because it always accompanied uh the family having to buy a watch um, so that was unfortunate. And a calendar. There's a whole list of expenses. It's not buy- bad enough. you got to get a crib. Uh, there's also a word for it that we don't use very often, catamenia. Which is that is, a scientific, like a technical a term? Or? Yeah, I think, it, I think it was like a, a technical term that arrived that was um, used at some point, but it's really not persisted. Uh, maybe there are some people still using it. It was certainly not something I ever learned. Um, because if you attempt to find out a lot about catamenia by Googling that word, you won't find out about menstrual cycles. For the most part, you're going to find out about um, a melodic Nordic metal band called catamenia. As confusing as that 
uh, must have been for you to discover that in your Googling. I'm sure yeah. the inverse situation is uh, <laughs> is equally <laughs> perplexing. I just like that the uh, Nordic metal band Catamenia likes to make sure that you know they're also melodic. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's straight from them. Not, some, that's not me. <laughs> I do something everybody can enjoy. This is melodic Nordic metal. So you mentioned that women are cursed with this illness. That was just like a joke for the uh-huh. beginning yeah. of the show. Well, I, it's apt. There's there's actually a whole book about the history of menstruation called Cursed, if you want to, if you ever want to read that. Um, but the this was a belief for a long time. When we kind of talk about the history of menstrual periods, how they were perceived, what people thought they were caused by, um, there's a strong belief in many cultures that uh, it was some kind of punishment. Um, in Judeo-Christian belief, um, it was the punishment for Eve eating the apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so childbirth was the ultimate punishment that women have to go through the pain of childbirth, but the precursor to that is once a month she has to go through a menstrual period, which is painful and causes her to bleed, and if she had just not eaten that apple, she wouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, in Mayan mythology, it's also seen as a punishment uh, that it was for some deity that broke a marital alliance, so she had to bleed once a month, and so there you go. Um, it, it Again, and you can kind of see this echoed um, in Nepal, uh, it's believed that in young girls before their period, there is a deity, uh, Teleju, who um, uh, is a part of them, who is kind of within them. And then as soon as they have their first period, they become common and are no longer sacred because the, the, the goddess has left their bodies. So they are not valued as highly once they start their periods. Friends, you'll notice that I was conspicuously quiet during that uh, section. We somehow found a way to simultaneously talk about women's health and religion. So there's really not a winning play there for me (laughs) as play-by-play joke guy. If there's a fourth rail inside the third rail, if you could open the third rail and find a tinier, more dangerous rail inside of it, that would be where we just were. So thanks for hanging in there with me. Sorry about my lack of contribution. I promise I'll try to do better. All, all you can really do during that is just smile and look interested. That makes, is precisely makes some, what I did. Make some interested hmms and hmm sounds. Mm. Um, I, I will say this, because as you look into, and then we will depart from religion, If as you look into major world religions, for the most part, there is a strong belief that menstruation is uh, one, some sort of punishment or curse, and two, that it is a time in a woman's life when she is um, impure, and there are all kinds of restrictions that were placed on her during that time, whether that is, um, you know, simply maybe you couldn't take Holy Communion, or something much uh, more intense, like uh, you couldn't hand somebody something. Uh, a woman could not hand something to a man while she was on her period without it being blessed first. Um because otherwise he would be, I don't know, infected by her menstrual blood. Um, however, uh, if you are a Sikh, you do, you do not feel that way. No? No. I have to give them credit as I did this research. Sikhism is the one religion that uh, makes the point that it is not impure. There is no problem with menstruation. It is normal. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, I like that. That's no, you know, true enough, scientific. Not enough religions have a section just like what we're cool with. Hey. <laughs> This is all right by us. Periods are just fine. That's because they don't make enough of a pitch. You know, there's not enough salesmanship in the Bible or any Bible. All the Bibles. In all the Bibles? Yes. Any Bible. Well, I just like that. I I would love to read exactly what the tenet is that's like, we are fine with surfing the crimson wave. (laughs) 
totally cool. Aunt Flo's okay with me. She's got a couch at our place whenever <laughs> she needs it. Um, and I will say that as you know, we've been talking about how negatively uh, in, throughout history that a woman's menstrual period was perceived. There were some. There was some evidence that certain cultures and certain time periods. It was not necessarily a bad thing, maybe a scary thing, but not necessarily a bad thing. In prehistoric times, there's evidence that from, I guess, cave drawings, I don't know, how, how do we figure this stuff out? I have no idea. That we it was, it <laughs> that we do, that I'm I'm not making this up, we I swear I read it. it, that it was seen as a source of power and like creative energy because uh, the idea was that babies uh, were thought to be formed from menstrual blood, especially like menstrual clots formed babies occasionally. Mm-hmm. So when they didn't form babies and instead you just bled, that this was this was a time that, you know, a woman was very powerful and could do anything at that, mm-hmm. you know, at that time. And uh, kind of following that theme, let's talk about our old friend Pliny the Elder. Pliny! I had a great idea, said I'm going to tell you, Pliny the Elder t-shirts. So it'll be your first Sawbones t-shirt. And what it'll be is a stylized Pliny the Elder, but in the fashion of David the Gnome. So <laughs> capturing the spirit of David the Gnome, but with a Pliny the Elder uh, uh, spin on it. I love this idea. Okay, we'll get those out to I, you guys. And I know, I know everybody's clamoring to learn more about Pliny the Elder. And I'll tell you, I'm working on it, guys, but Pliny the Elder had a lot to say about everything. He didn't just restrain himself to medicine. No, 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 no. Everybody can get on that Pliny tip. (laughs) As little as there is on the internet about Royal Rife, that's true, there is everything on the internet about Pliny the Elder. Some of it is still being written by Pliny the Elder today. This is a fact. (laughs) It carries on. It echoes throughout the cosmos. Mm -hmm. He wrote a natural history of everything. 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 (laughs) So what did he have to say about periods? Well... He felt uh, that during her period, a woman was very strong and powerful, and that if she removed her clothing at the right moment, she could stop a hailstorm or perhaps a whirlwind or maybe lightning. Boy, somewhere in history, there is a very naked, very wet, very angry woman. (laughs) Pliny! I don't know why Helen Hunt didn't try that in Twister. That would have been a much more intriguing movie, I think. I mean, it would certainly be something. And she's a nice-looking lady. I mean, that especially at that time period. Wow, she <laughs> was at her peak. That would have been fantastic. Maybe they're saving it for Twister 2. I don't know. <laughs> she made me want to wear a wife beater and look like that. It? <laughs> she made us all want to wear a wife beater. <laughs> um, he also believed that he had a lot of these beliefs. I think that at the core of this, he just wanted women to walk around naked. Um, if you could get naked and walk around a field like uh, where you were growing your crops, that it would make all the bugs and worms and caterpillars and stuff fall off all the ears of corn and save your it, crops. It would certainly make for an unpleasant afternoon either way, I, I, I think. Uh, wandering naked through a cornfield? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's one of those things you're specifically uh, not supposed to do. I wasn't do. enjoying this at first, but now there's bugs and worms falling off of everything, so I'm really getting into it now. <laughs> Thanks, Pliny. You're right. He, uh, he also thought that the uh, smell of menstrual blood would drive dogs mad and that um, even ants would be repulsed by any, you know, grains or discarded anything that was touched by it. It's actually it was used as an ancient preservation method. Um, they would mix in menstrual blood with their food supply to keep bugs off. And then nothing would touch it. Nothing. That would always it. worked. Yep. Um, Try it at home. The, and he wasn't the only one. Uh, the Cherokee believed that a menstruating wo- woman had the power to destroy her enemies. And that one I can vouch for. 
Um, in uh, in African myth, the uh, menstrual blood is often used um, in magical charms, and that can be either to purify someone, which is interesting since we have talked a lot about how you know it was seen as an impurity. Mm-hmm. You could purify someone with them, or you could destroy them. I guess it's a different charm. Fire I'm, ass- and ice. I'm assuming you Fire add and something ice. else. <laughs> Hopefully you don't get those confused. Yeah. Now this is my destroying menstrual blood. Where's the other jar? Um, and there were, you know, uh, there were also some some cures that they thought, uh, you know, menstrual blood was responsible for. So they thought you could use it for warts, uh, for birthmarks, uh, gout, goiters, hemorrhoids. Epilepsy, worms, leprosy, headaches. A lot of things. A lot though. of things. A lot of things. And and I don't know exactly. I I don't. I didn't find a lot of specifics as to how you used it. I'm hoping it was topical. Yeah. I, I found a lot of skin stuff, so I'm assuming it was like a, a topical application. It's actually aerosolized. <laughs> you would just <laughs> walk through clouds it. of it. Yeah. Um. You could also use it as like a love charm, warding off demons offering it to gods and if you were lucky enough to get the first i said i i used the word pad that a virgin used but uh, they didn't actually have pads we're sure. talking about probably medieval times but the first whatever device she used for her period uh you could use that to cure plague oh okay yeah i didn't know that i mean you couldn't but okay. yeah but right gotcha now i mean this and this gave it a lot of of power certainly mm-hmm. women who were menstruating and menstrual blood itself and there was a flip side to that because also in medi- medieval times they thought that you know it could probably give dogs rabies okay see that one is more confusing but i i guess they're entitled to believe whatever they like you could kill all kinds of things fruits beehives crops um if a woman uh, so if an older woman i thought this was interesting who had had many periods and had not yet gone through menopause, but was close so just so that she had accumulated a lot of periods in her life. Mm-hmm. If she looked at you, in her gaze, she held enough power from years of menstrual bleeding, she could poison you with her gaze. Whoa. Yeah, with her period gaze. That explains how Judy Dench keeps winning all these awards. Very, very <laughs> dangerous woman. You do not want to cross Judy Dench. It was, it's weird, though, because at the same time, they also knew that um, bleeding was important. Uh, if you remember, we're talking about a time when, you know, bloodletting was the cure for everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they thought women were kind of lucky in a way because it already happened to them. They got like a regular, regular. A regular treatment. I got to pay a lot down <laughs> down at the corner barber for that kind of service. But it, but that was uh, it, another way to use bloodletting was for women who, for whatever reason, didn't have periods at the time. They wouldn't have understood any of why they weren't having them. Um, but they knew that uh, women are supposed to bleed regularly. So maybe if they don't, they'll start to become mannish. So um, if you can't get them to have periods with they and they had a variety of like herbal concoctions to try to make you have a period. If that didn't work, just go down to the barber and, you know, let him bleed you from your arm or whatever. I don't think that's the same thing. It's not. Okay. It's not. It's so nice when I can puzzle these things out. The ancient dudes couldn't makes me feel real superior. (laughs) Well, these you say ancient dudes. It's great because this kind of of uh, bizarre belief I, I don't know why men are so scared of periods can you elucidate that for me before we move on uh, i mean i mean that's what it seems to a lot of and we're going to talk we're going to kind of move on to like 
what we do about periods through through history. But why are men so freaked out by them? Okay. It's just blood, well, man. It's, it's partially the mystery. We don't like things we don't understand, like um, opera, for example. Um, and also, there's a lot of blood, like if like in a really bloody opera, and that can be upsetting. So I guess what I'm saying is periods are like opera. They're only appreciated <laughs> by cultured gentlemen like myself. <laughs> and Julia Roberts on Pretty Woman, who really understood it. She really got it. Okay. Well, I guess I'll accept that. Yes. For now. Yes. We'll, we, we'll probe this sometime further after the show. Okay, sounds good. Um. But this kind of uh, weird, bizarre beliefs and fear persisted. In the 1920s, there was a Viennese scientist who believed he isolated something called menotoxins. Not real, I'm assuming? Not that I know of, not that I have found. Uh, But they were secreted through a woman's skin while she was menstruating, and they had very specific powers. Okay. Yeah, I like that powers keep coming up. (laughs) This is is a, a, a great view into the male psyche, though. I don't understand it. It might be deadly or it might have superpowers. I'm just going to leave the <laughs> it option might be open. Cool. It might be cool. It might be super powerful. I don't know. I'm just going to assume that it's either deadly or super powerful. Well, the, the power of minotoxins were not necessarily positive, though. They could prevent dough from rising. Which <laughs> <laughs> is kind of a lame power. Um, and even worse, they could prevent beer from fermenting. Is there a yeast connection? Is that is that what he's what they're what he's trying to I don't draw? Know. Maybe, maybe it can he... like fight. It's the only thing that could fight yeast. <laughs> Was periods? I maybe, but God, I put a stop to it. It's gone too far. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it was something that he thought fought yeast. That makes sense. But I don't know why. I don't know why he thought. I mean, maybe that was it. He maybe he observed that women dude. were not complaining about yeast when they were on their period because. Mm-hmm. They're, they've got something bigger to deal with. Maybe I don't know. Um, and of course, and of course, uh, there there has to be the psych perspective, mm-hmm. as there is on any woman's problem. At some point, uh, there was a psychiatrist in history who had to tell us what he thought about it. Yeah, right. Um, uh, cramping, which these is guys, a, <laughs> these men, these you know men. how they are. Uh, uh, cramping was um, is is a common symptom of you know periods a lot of women have cramping uh before and during their their menstrual cycles and it was seen as a a psychological problem not a physical one and um they advise that women have therapy because she she a woman is rejecting her own femininity when she has cramps during a period uh i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that one is a mis misplaced belief <laughs> yeah i mean I don't know, yeah. guys. Guys, you're not doing great. <laughs> well, the king this of one. this of this. Let's see what Freud thought. Yep. Uh, Freud thought that a period is, and this is a quote from him: "the bloody sign of a woman's loss of a penis." I'm keeping my I, face. I'm assuming that's a f- figurative, a metaphorical. Just keeping my. Face I think he knew rigid. that women didn't actually like physically lose. A penis. Yeah. Uh, but he, he just basically saw it as a sign of, a further sign, because there I guess there were others, of women's inferiority in general. Uh, this show has made me not so big a fan of Freud. Yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, I don't agree with him on that one, Sid. On that one? Uh, on that yeah. one, you've got a problem. Yeah, he seemed to get... People seem to remember a lot of the stuff that Freud did right, but he seemed to be just kind of swing it at every pitch, I think. And he whiffed a lot of them, I think. Well, we tend to remember the grand slams <laughs> as they were, to continue my sports metaphor that I understand. And it seems like there were a lot of whiffers. So let's talk about what what did we do? So we've talked a little bit about periods. What do we do about them through history? You know, what women were bleeding. They have to, they tried to do something. Uh, once they figured out that this was going to happen every month and that it probably wasn't an illness, they had to deal with it. So, you know, early times, women probably just used what was available. There's been some evidence that uh, women attempted to use things like animal skins, moss, ash, grass, Sea sponges, wood shavings, just basically whatever you had. I would think moss might work okay. Yeah. I mean, I think they were just looking for something absorbent. Sure. Um, the Egyptians used papyrus. Um, so there's another use for that. They were just showing off that they invented paper. <laughs> what? You know we'll what else whatever. we can use it for? Yeah, we can do everything with it. It's amazing. I'm cleaning up a spill right now. <laughs> I'm writing you this letter on this papyrus, and I'm also wiping my windows. Oh, what's up? You didn't hear about windows yet? <laughs> I like that the Pretty Egyptians great. are basically like the guys who invented ShamWow now. <laughs> yeah. You can do everything with it. Paper. Um, the uh, the Romans used wool. Um, and then, uh, but the Greeks were like, forget just wool. Uh, we're going to wrap some wool around some wood and use that, which seems horribly uncomfortable on a side note. Yeah, and prominent. Yeah. Um. There were plenty of cultures and times in history, though, when women just kind of bled into their clothes, onto the ground, um, which I think is really interesting from a cultural perspective. If you can imagine that that was the truth today, that women just walked around. Just going for it. I don't know. It certainly changed the relationship with men, perhaps. Yeah, I could... Make it hard to go to work, I'll tell you that. I think every I'm full I'm full on in support of every sort of empowerment that that there is for women and minorities and, and anybody who's marginalized throughout this great world of ours. I do think that would be a hard look to sell. I don't think there's a level of comfort where you say, What's that? Yeah, I'm just bleeding into my clothes today. <laughs> Like it or lump it. That's gonna be the day. That's my day. How's yours? Well, if it's a guy and like his hemorrhoids are flaring up that day, we probably wouldn't be so cool with that look. Right. So I think it goes both ways. Um, And I mean, we also, you gotta remember that in some of these times when women just kinda went for it, um, men and women were separated. Like if you look at like the biblical recommendations, like you just stay away from women. And there are still cultures today that just, you know, send women to a hut, you know, the menstrual hut, and they just go hide away. You know, if so you, it's not like they're doing anything. If you want to talk about, I mean, you mentioned earlier, uh, and and I was sort of goofing about it, but you want to talk about why men are, you know, squeamish about periods. I think it's because we have, you know, two millennia of religious doctrine that says that it's something to be afraid of and shamed and you know, uh, avoided at all costs. That that kind of stuff can permeate a a culture and be pretty hard to shake, I would imagine. I'm sure that's true because a lot of this, you know, like I said, still persists today in different places. I mean, I think that there are there is stigma about it, you know, even in our country. Uh, but if you go to, you know, some other cultures, the menstrual hut still exists. 
I mean, women are still it's, sequestered and it's right next to the sunglasses hut. <laughs> Not as popular, but free Wi-Fi. So I don't know. In medieval times, uh, they dealt with it by uh, there were again many women at the time who would just just have their period in their clothes. Um, so they would wear like flowers or carry nutmeg to ward off the smell so that you wouldn't know. Uh, there was also a belief that you could stop it faster if you would burn a toad in a pot and then like grind that into powder and then put that in a bag at your waist and carry it around, which I guess also would hide the smell because then you deal with the smell of a yeah burnt powdered toad. So, yeah, I'm not sure that's a step up. And that you could also deal with it or make it go away. Fa- I mean, that's what the belief was that you can make it go away faster by doing that or by tying animal hair around the young tree which i kind of like these beliefs because i mean it's gonna stop probably for most women it's gonna stop in a few days so i mean i guess it always works well that's similar to like it's like cold cold treatments right well yeah exactly hey it stopped well yeah i mean it it usually does yeah that's how it goes um i talked about how difficult it would be to go to work if you weren't using some kind of you know barrier between yourself and the ground while you're on your period and that certainly was one way that we dealt with it um in the 1700s i think this is great no women worked in the opium industry in saigon yeah they ran a tight ship there (laughs) no they didn't they thought it would make the opium taste bitter if you had a woman who was menstruating there okay um in 1800s in europe uh (laughs) the women again since they didn't use anything they weren't allowed to work in the sugar refineries in france or in the pickling factories in the UK, which I don't think is a big sacrifice, personally. Yeah. I, it was, I think it was pickling meat, and I don't even know how that works. So I think if the biggest sacrifice I have to make is you're, I'm, I can't pickle meat, I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm still sorry about that, though. I think everybody should be able to pickle meat if they want to. <laughs> if they want to. Uh, by the late 1800s, the first pads were created. Uh, it was interesting. Most of them at the time, they, weren't, they didn't have, you know, the... Um, there's adhesive on the back of pads. You, you might not know that. Sanitary napkins. They stick inside your underwear. Right. Um, but they didn't have that. And so most of them were held in place by like belts. They didn't even consistently have underwear yet. Where, so. func- where function means fashion. <laughs> so you would have these belts. You could make like a homemade little muslin belt that you would wear with your pad. And um, there were also, uh, um, they moved on to some more absorbent things. Like they started using the same material that they used diapers uh, they use for diapers and and they also had things like period bloomers and period aprons and I, I can't even picture what those must have been like no no a whole ordeal is what I'm guessing um, <laughs> a whole production a whole production like. a whole product these are my period bloomers okay I'm out okay. yeah that seems like a whole production <laughs> that's you know maybe that's like a euphemism for like I'm just having one of those bad like days where I'm just gonna lay on the couch I'm in my period bloomers today I can't come to lunch I'm already in my period bloomers <laughs> it's kind of like my cookie pants <laughs> Um, in World War One, French nurses realized that the celluloid bandages that they used well for wounds also worked well for that. So they started using that, which expired further pad technology. Okay. Uh, Kotex were invented soon after that. And um, by 32, we had the menstrual cup. Finally, the answer to periods it finally comes on the scene. I'm sorry it took us that long to invent them. Do you flash know what forward, a menstrual cup Flash is? forward uh, 80 some years and we are still using menstrual cups today now to be fair there are some women who do use menstrual cups that's still a thing it is still a thing it's not something that i use personally or am familiar with but i've read about it and there are menstrual cups which are literally little 
flexible flexible plastic cups. I've never I, I've probably bought more tampons in the last 10 years than you have. And I have never seen menstrual cups on the shelves. I, I have to imagine it's a it maybe a country by country thing, and maybe it's just not popular. Maybe it's regional. Maybe it's not popular in this region, because um, it wasn't something that, as a young girl asking her mom what to do, you know, about getting her monthly visitor, I, I don't think she ever introduced to me the concept of the menstrual cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's out there, and some women use it, and you just kind of put it up inside your vagina, and it catches all the blood. As you may imagine. Ladies, if you at home use a menstrual cup or know someone who does, um, well, I mean, just keep going What for are you going to do? Good, ask us? Good for You good, want them good. to ask them about I, it? I hope it's working no, for you. No, don't. You don't have to share that private information. You, I mean, if you want to, but you can, we can refrain from that. What about tampons, Sid? The next year, 1933, okay. tampons finally came around. Someone said, this is ridiculous. <laughs> saving Cups? us all saving us all from belts that went with our pads and bloomers, sticks special wrapped bloomers. in wool and special period bloomers. Um, so tampons are born. And then, of course, today we have a variety of colors and styles and all kinds of commercials of women dancing and doing yoga to demonstrate how well they work. So, <laughs> If they're not eating yogurt, they're not being bothered by their period solution. The only other time you see women having that much fun in a commercial is when they have herpes. <laughs> is that everything, Sid? That's the whole topic? I, I mean, I think there's no like modern concept of menstruation. Like I said, it's not an illness, so I guess we cleared that up for you. And, um, and I did it! Yes! I got through an entire episode about menstruation and didn't say anything completely stupid and embarrass myself so i feel really good that's that was a real high wire act there folks i want to thank uh my dad my mom everybody i mean who's helped to shape me what, throughout my life now, uh, you did open the show by calling periods an illness that was a bit everybody knew that was a bit no i did it and i'm so proud of myself i'm also proud of you i'm really proud of me uh, that was a, a tough one, and, and I hung in there, and gosh, I just couldn't. I'm ready to pop. I'm so proud. That's that's really great. Thank Is you. Is this your biggest accomplishment, you'd say, of to, the week? To or? date, yes. Uh, oh, to date. Ladies and gentlemen, thank yeah. you so much for listening to our show, Sawbones. We hope you enjoyed it. We're here every Tuesday. Uh, thank you to Sarah and Emma, both of whom suggested menstruation as a topic. Yeah, if, you guys have been clamoring for this, and so here you, it is. Here you go. In all its glory. Everybody, uh, enjoy. Um, if you'd like to suggest a uh, historical medical topic for us to talk about, email us, sawbones at org. What's that I said, maximumfun.org? Well, yes, that's where you can find all the shows on the Maximum Fun Network, like Jordan Jesse Go, Stop Podcasting Yourself, Judge John Hodgman, my brother, uh, my brother, and me. Oh, thank you so much, Cindy. I really always, that. always. Uh, Even though you're trying to steal our Tuesday thunder. Sorry, I just messed it up. I we we were late. There's a new episode of Boom Bam. If you want to go listen to that, uh, after you're done here, and you tell a bunch of people to listen to our show, of course. Uh, thank you to people uh, tweeting about our show, like Ethan Horn, Rowan White, Nicole, Mike D, Rick Butler, Chris Sparks, Brian Lippman, uh, Brian Kelly, Jay Butler, Georgina Penny. Donald Fall, Bill, Smith, Cassie, Jenna, Sarah, Gus, Devin, Andy, so many others. Thank you so much. Thanks uh, for tweeting at us. You can tweet at Justin if you want to, at Justin McElroy. And she's at Sydney McElroy, S-Y-D-N-E-E-M-C-E-L-R-O-Y. I want to thank Dave Lavender from the Herald Dispatch. He did a great uh, piece about us. 
uh, in in the newspaper on Sunday. Got the whole front page of the life section. That's Pretty right. Cool. And took adorable pictures. You we were so. drinking from the same soda. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was I so remember. cute. Thank it was you, like Lori. an Archie comic. I Thanks loved to it. Lori. Uh, she took the pictures for the article. Um, and you can find those on our Twitter feed. We're at Sawbones. Uh, and you can go follow us there and look for the link to that because I tweeted it. And I think that's going to do it for us. If you get a chance this week, if you could uh, head over to iTunes, give us a review, and tell some friends about the show, gosh, we'd sure appreciate it. And uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, until next Tuesday, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.